honesty, passion, experience. It's Timberwolves Explosion, hosted on thesportstuff.com and also brought to you by the Oddman Media Network. Here are your hosts, Paladino Joey and Marcus the Forecaster. Hello again, Timberwolves fans. Are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Timberwolves Explosion is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. It's a pleasure to finally be back. I'm a little bit later than I would have liked, and this is just not what I wanted to, to have happen, but it is what it is. But at least there's only one extra game in there, so, uh, well, you know... <laughs> Another frustrating one, to be quite honest. Well, the Wolves played five games, and, well, they finished one and four. Really sucks. Yeah, I mean, at least we won the Sacramento game that I predicted. (laughs) And that's about it. I picked us to lose to the Clippers, beat Orlando, beat Portland. Well, we didn't win any of those, and I probably would have, yeah, I would have picked the Timberwolves to lose in uh, Clipperland, just because we never win there anymore. And, well, now the Clippers have, uh, well, <laughs> four straight or 14 straight victories against the Timberwolves after we swept them back in, what was it, the 2011 season, 2012, I believe. Yeah, Ricky Rubio's rookie here. We did so well, and everybody was all excited and all that stuff. And, well, things went the way they went. So, well, there it is. Isn't that great? <laughs> Let's just jump right into the reviews, shall we? Minnesota defeats the Sacramento Kings in Sacramento. Wonderful success against this franchise in the, the California capital, the t- t- tomato capital, whatever you want to say. At the time, the Wolves had uh, had jumped up to eight and eight. The road record was six and two at the time. Six and two wasn't that amazing? In fact, we were second place behind the Golden State Warriors with the second best road record in the entire NBA. Absolutely insane. Absolutely awesome. Um, Sleep Train Arena, what, whatever that means, right? That's kind of a cool name, but uh, Wolves win 101-91. Sacramento dropped a 6-11 and 11 at the time, and I was talking about uh, Rondo versus Rubio, all that stuff. And I don't know, a lot of people don't like Rondo. I still don't really understand that. I don't know. I mean, I, uh, I mean, yeah, he's got a little bit of an attitude, and his his jump shot isn't that great, but he, he always seems to hit the shots when they count. And he's, he's very good at penetrating to the basket. Not to mention the fact he had 16 points and 16 assists in the game. I mean, he can play a lot of bit. Costa, Costa Kuvos can play a little bit, too, in, in relief of DeMarcus Cousins, who was out. DeMarcus averaging 28 points a game to this stage. 16 and 13 for Costa Kuvos. Really nice game for him, but the Wolves were too much down the stretch. And Andrew Wiggins, well, unfortunately kind of hit a snide during the cards of this week. Quite unfortunate indeed, but it, it seems like Mr. Fourth Quarter the, during the course of this week was Zach Levine, but unfortunately the Wolves not not delivering much for victories during the course of this week. In fact, this was the only one. Carl Anthony Towns, the frustration at this point was continuing with him not playing in the fourth quarter, people getting on Sam Mitchell. In fact, zero personal fouls for Carl Anthony in this game, yet he only managed 21 minutes in the entire game. I'm kind of stunned by that a little bit. Yes, Gorgie Zengler has been playing well, but he wasn't anything that special in the game. Only attempted four shots in 26, 27 minutes. Not sure what the point of that was. Tayshaun Prince was actually kind of a factor in the game. though. I don't know about 10 field goal attempts for Tayshaun Prince. I don't know, man. I mean, even with Detroit in his prime, I don't know, maybe once in a while. You know, a good game or so here and there, 15, 20 points here and there, but... I don't know, man. <laughs> Down the stretch, Andre Miller absolutely clutch. Filled in wonderfully in the stead of Ricky Rubio. Even though, of course, Levine started, but Miller was kind of filling the hole, per se. Particularly being a pass-first point guard. But he, he hit every shot. In fact, a couple shots when offensive fouls were taking place. <laughs> Andre Miller was still hitting shots during the course of time. And they weren't fouls that were that were his fault at all. The, the basket would have counted. One up making all four of his shots. 12 points, 4 assists. Wonderful little game for Andre Miller. Playing against one one of his nineteen old teams. In fact, he was with the he was with the Kings for a little while there and played very well against them. Rudez not quite the factor he was earlier, only making one three pointer in the whole game in about in about eighteen minutes. Not quite what he was before, unfortunately. Uh, Shabazz Muhammad huge factor down the stretch in the second half. Really appreciated what he brought. I wound up with fifteen points. He's a guy, of course, that always deserves more playing time than he gets, and I don't think there's any doubt about it. One up, one up making five of eight in the game. 
high percentage type of guy, made three three pointers that helped really drive the wolves into the right <laughs> into the right direction in this one. It was a fun feeling, and it, it's sad how things change so quickly after a game like this. You know, just a positive vibe. Second best road record in the NBA behind the Golden State Warriors, who still, still haven't even lost one freaking game. It's unbelievable. I'm not a fan of the Golden State Warriors. I don't like the way they play. I don't. I, I just don't like the idea of like. It, it, it looks like a video game that's glitched. Watching them, like okay, you just throw the ball up and it goes in. I don't know. To me, that's. Uh, I know. I know some of you that are listening maybe you're a bit younger. I'm maybe I'm too much of a purist, but it, it just looks like a cheap video game to me watching them. So that's why I'm not really on board. I like the Andrew Wiggins, I like the LeBron James, Michael Jordan types of the of the world that drive to the basket and dunk. Not necessarily lumping out those three guys into the same category, but hopefully Wiggins will get there someday. LeBron significantly closer to Michael, but no one's really going to touch him. Uh, also, one other note, might as well mention. Well, no, I'll save that for the second segment because we're going to be playing them. Yeah, in the, the first game, <laughs> segment number two of the previews. So I better hush for that for for a moment. Um... Yeah, it'll be a certain guy's final visit to uh, Minneapolis as a player. <clears throat> I won't. Uh, <laughs> you already know who it is. Minnesota hosting the LA Clippers Sunday, November the 29th. Oh goody! Oh goody indeed. Mm. Yeah, great. Wolves didn't win this one either. Mm. 107 to 99. If I didn't just mention it, I'm kind of blanking here. Both the Wolves and the Clippers. Think about this: we're eight and eight at the time. Tied in the Western Conference for like 6th, 7th, 8th, or 7th, 8th, ninth kind of range in the playoffs. Yeah, well, amazing again how things can completely change. What pissed me off is how what a factor Blake Griffin was down the stretch and how the Wolves just could not contain him. It was just so frustrating to watch. He even got a block shot down the stretch. Drove me absolutely bonkers. I couldn't believe it. Oh, I mean, seeing Blake Griffin block shots just drives me nuts. Carl uh, Anthony Towns did have a pretty strong game, though, I have to admit. Still didn't get playing time in the fourth quarter, but wound up with 17 points and 8 rebounds. 8 of 13, again, which raises the question, why wasn't he playing in the fourth quarter? He was doing so well. But I am noticing a very interesting trend here. Uh, Wiggins still wound up with 21 points. He wound up with 22 against Sacramento. Wasn't quite the factor you would have liked against the Kings, but it was okay because other guys were, were getting the job done. But in this one, for some strange reason, it just seems like this is where Wiggins starts to lose some of that go-to go, go guy uh, mojo. I, I don't know what the deal was. I, I really am confused by it. Uh, Garnett wound up with five assists in the game. That was quite a factor, quite cool to watch. Levine, kind of inconsistent. Nice point total, but kind of all over the place. He, he had five fouls in the game. Um, wound up with only one turnover. It felt like more than that. But um, shooting a little bit too much. For my liking, he seems to like shooting from beyond the arc a little much at times. Actually, he shot well from beyond the arc ultimately in this one, but some of those long two-pointers kind of forcing them up a bit didn't help the Wolves' cause down the stretch. He did wind up 3 of 5 from three-point range, so I'll give him some credit there. That wasn't bad. Um, Bielitsa with a really nice return, making all of his shots, including two two three-pointers with 10 points in about 22 minutes. Liked what Bielitsa did bring to the table. In this one, um, Andre Miller, again, another nice game. And I don't know, uh, the, the the turnovers kind of popped up on him a bit in this one. But at the same time, he's a pretty he's pretty efficient out there. Uh, he he does a lot in the, in minimal time, 16 to 20 minute range. He'll, he'll wind up with like a 10.4 assist type of night. That's not bad. I like what Andre Miller brings to the point guard position of this team. And it's kind of sad how when Rubio comes back, it's almost kind of like hell with you to Andre Miller. And then Zach Levine continues to play point guard, which... I, I don't know, like Sam Mitchell seems obsessed with the thought that if Zach Levine's going to play in this league, it's going to be a point guard. I don't buy that. He doesn't even look like a point guard. He looks like a shooting guard, doesn't he? Am, am I crazy? Am I stupid? Hmm. I don't know. I'm very confused by that, to be quite honest. Especially when you have an aging veteran in Kevin Martin who, I don't know if his psyche is messed up because of uh, having to come off the bench cause he, earlier in the year, but... When you look at his game here, 24 minutes, he only wound up with one basket. He only made one shot, didn't get to the line, one of five, two points the whole game. That's it, in almost 24 minutes. And his defense wasn't good either. What's the point? Like, why not have Zach Levine at shooting guard? Ultimately, long-term as, a, uh, as the starter, 
possible. I mean, at least long term, have it maybe back up Martin and maybe play more minutes than Martin. Keep Martin's psyche high for the time being, and if he's hitting shots, he can stay in there. And if he's not, he can come out and hopefully let Zach Levine can, well, spark spark things a bit. That would be very helpful. To be quite honest, I think the player of this game was Gorgie Zhang. Went up with a double double, just extremely efficient. <laughs> Shot about seventy percent in the game, fourteen and ten. Overall, double-double game for Gorgie Zhang, huge factor, and that's partially why Towns didn't play in the fourth quarter, but again, still frustrating for a lot of people out there. Adrian Payne played about eight minutes and did nothing, just followed two guys and was a minus 15. Yeah, really, not much of a factor. Wolves couldn't stop Chris Paul when they needed to, couldn't stop Blake Griffin when they needed to, Reddick hit shots at inopportune times, and the guy that, one of the most clutch, one of the most clutch moments of the night was also the most frustrating, Luke Richard Mahamute hitting a big shot late, a guy with basically no offense whatsoever, and played on the Wolves for, for a year, did pretty much nothing after the trade for, um, Mr., I don't even want to get into that anymore, but after the trade <laughs> took place, basically did nothing out there, uh, just, I don't know, but of course he hits a clutch shot against the Wolves, just like just like so many others in the past. Mm. Just like Webster and others, Martel Webster hitting clutch threes against the Wolves, Mike Miller hitting clutch threes against the Wolves when the Washington Wizards would either come here or we, especially when we'd go there. It's just it's always like that. If the guy was a factor or not with Minnesota, he always kills us later. <laughs> uh, I bet you guys hate that, don't you? I sure do. Mm. Let's get off this and. Try to move to something more positive, but it seems like there isn't a whole lot of positive going on here. Um, this Orlando game was another one. The Wolves should have won this game. Wound up losing December the 1st, hosting the Orlando Magic. You, you think we're going to get this done, but the Wolves just don't. 96-93, another frustrating finish for the Timberwolves, ultimately. Andrew Wiggins, so clutch, playing playing like the guy we remember, getting to the free throw line, ended up with 27 points in the game, 9 of 15 from the floor, even, yeah, 8, eight of eight of 11 from the free throw line. Missed a big one late, though, which drove me nuts, and it's just figures. He'd been shooting so well from the line, doing such a good job, and then he starts missing. Of course, Rubio does come back, did not have a good game, and no, it's, it's not hating on him, he just didn't have a good game. He just he didn't make a single shot, made a couple free throws down the stretch, good for him, got some key steals. Late in the game, again, good for him. Carl Anthony Towns versus Gorgie Zhang, same thing. Same story, why even talk about it? He had a really awful game, too, by the way. Only 2 of 11 from the floor. He, he being Mr. Carl Anthony Towns, 2 of 11 from the floor. Did not look good at all. And, again, he's, it'll change dramatically here in a couple of games uh, when Sam Mitchell finally gives in a bit. Uh, Gorgie played well in the fourth quarter and all that. Yes, he did. He had actually had a really, really nice game. But I kind of thought Carl was going to have another good one against Orlando. He played very well last time around and just did not did not really show up to play in this one for some strange reason, but Gorgie luckily did. The Wolves were in this one the whole way, and again, another game the Wolves should have won, but they were not clutched down the stretch, and Alfred Payton just kind of had his way, and I don't know, he just kind of had his way in the final plays, another Reggie Jackson-type performance down the stretch. Great. Just great. Absolutely loved it, huh? Mm-hmm. I couldn't stand it. Uh, Victor Oladipo had a pretty spectacular dunk in the game as well, but hey, he still didn't beat Andrew Wiggins in the, or no, like Simeon Jack Levine in the dunk contest, though. Ha ha, right? <laughs> Not that it really matters, does it? I'd, I'd rather win this regular season game than anybody winning a dunk contest. Just win some regular season games and improve and develop. That's what I would really like to see. Um, Magic are a better team than people have been people probably have been giving them credit certainly better than I've been giving them credit because usually when you think of the Orlando Magic you think ah that's that sucky team in, in Orlando it doesn't do anything you know they had Dwight Howard they had Shaq long long ago in a galaxy far away but um you know they they've they just pretty much sucked most of the time other than those couple glory years here and there but they're getting better and they have pieces and that Vuvicic is a son of a gun man I've I've always liked. Not Vucevic, Vucevic. I keep saying his name wrong, but Nikola Vucevic, the better Nikola, in my humble opinion, didn't have a very particularly high field goal percentage. But, I mean, what a factor, ultimately, for those Orlando Magic. A developing team. Like it or not, they're a developing team. Uh, as good as Fournier can be, as sharpshooter as he can be, I don't know why Victor Oladipo's coming off the bench. I, I'm kind of confused there. 
hmm, um, I guess that's just Scott Skiles being Scott Skiles, I suppose. But the Orlando Magic sweep the season series, despite how, how good Andrew Wiggins was, especially in that fourth quarter, along with <clears throat> Gorgie Zheng. The elites are coming back to the pack when they made one shot the whole game. It was a three, thank you, but that's it. Kind of like Rudez's performance a couple of games uh, prior. Levine, too many shots from the outside, over five. He forces up those threes way too much, and a lot of times they're well beyond the arc. I think he has a nice future from beyond the arc, but if it's not falling, uh, sometimes he needs to chill, and sometimes he needs to like use that shot clock a little more too. Got a little bit of, little teeny bit of... Uh, I don't know. I, I don't want to compare him to Rashad McCants, but some a teeny tiny like symptoms of of like shoot the ball too much fever or whatever it is or hot hot potato fever. Like he's too quick releasing that basketball. You got to use the clock a little more sometimes in a close game. Just a little bit. Try try to get a better play than that than just launching shots. It's nice to be clutch and aggressive, but not every single time. Okay, please. You don't need to be like that constantly, especially when you're not even shooting well. Don't try to force yourself out of a slump doesn't always work, and unless you're Michael Jordan, that's about it, and there aren't a lot of Michael Jordans around, in fact, there was only one, wasn't there? <sighs> Wiggins clutch, but not clutch enough, nope, and the defense terrible down the stretch, Alfred Payne, and yep, and the Wolves wound up only giving up 96 points, yeah, that's, that's nice, but not clutch defensively when they needed to be, and they couldn't make the big shots when they needed to, the, uh, just the, the finish of this game makes you wonder, how, how the hell did we lose this one? It was just another one of those type of games where you come out like, we really, we lost? We, we were winning like most of that fourth quarter there and into the final minute, and we couldn't finish. What the hell? Just didn't make a whole lot of sense. Just the way things quickly turn when guys like Peyton and such making big plays, and you just stand there scratching your head like, really? Okay. That's pretty much the vibe you come out with in that one. Pretty similar against, against Portland and against the Clippers, and... Um, it's just sickening to watch ultimately for the Wolves. Again, it's pretty much the exact same story with Portland and the Clippers uh, hosting the Jail Blazers, the Portland Trail Blazers. I had Andrew Wiggins on a big game in this one, but he didn't play well. No, and this is the, this is when it begins. Only six or fifteen from the floor missed all four of his three point shots. One up with twenty, uh, excuse me, seventeen points. His counterpart, as you'd like to say. Carl Anthony Towns did get to play in the fourth quarter, and boom, there it is. 27 points, 12 rebounds. Bam. There you go, Carl Anthony Towns fans that believe he's the uh, the, the Batman, not the Robin. Um, ultimately, it doesn't matter who the Batman or Robin is, but <laughs> it really doesn't matter. As long as one of them is big time and the other one is still big time, that's what I'd like to see, more of a Shaq Kobe type of thing. Rather than a, um, well, let's not even go there. Let's, let's not even get into comparisons. My mind's blanking anyway, <clears throat> even though there's billions of comparisons available. Gorgie and Towns played great. And you know what? There you go. And there's nothing wrong with playing them together because Kevin Garnett is 39 years old, capable of making big and exciting plays here and there, but he's still 39, and that's not going to change. In fact, he's just going to get older. <laughs> he's he's going to be 40 in May, so... There's nothing wrong with playing Gorgie and Carl together if you're so worried about, well, Gorgie deserves playing time or you're worried about Carl deserves playing time because, well, if Carl's not getting play, if Carl doesn't deserve playing time, boy, boy, are we in trouble. <laughs> Top overall pick there in that case. No, 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 duh. Um, you can play them together. And for people out there that think they can't, I'm not really sure what you're smoking. But then again, maybe I don't, maybe I don't need to think you're smoking anything. But Gorgie is a capable shot blocker, and Carl's a natural center, I do believe. As a capable shot blocker, Gorgie can definitely play power forward out there. There's there's nothing wrong with that. A nice weak side defender, and, well, capable of making some athletic plays offensively as well, and, a, and a, an occasional, like, nice uh, mid-range shot and some good passing ability, though, well, the slop does come in. <laughs> Wound up with four turnovers in the game, led the team in turnovers, but that's just kind of how it goes. Yes, okay, Rubio fans out there. I know you're out there. I know some of you well. <laughs> Ricky Rubio, awesome game, man. Awesome game. Great chemistry with Carl Anthony Towns. Very much so. Uh, connecting on several plays. Connecting on plays with Gorgie Zhang. Zach Levine with the three-pointer down the stretch. Again, shot too much. Again, same story. It's, it's like a broken record right now. 4 of 14. Don't gun too much, Zach. That's all I got to say. But taking not the best shots down the stretch in this fourth quarter, it didn't help. It just didn't help. Even though he's capable of making quite a few shots in the fourth quarter, he's also capable of missing quite a few shots in that fourth quarter, and it can drive you a little crazy. Kevin Martin, very average. 
very average, just 11 points in 24 minutes. Mm. Um, kind of like lacking identity right now is Kevin Harden. Certainly not the guy he was last year, and I think Sam Mitchell might have something to do with that a little bit, unfortunately. It kind of is what it is. Um, Rubio also is what he is, a pass first point guard, and he did it, and he's a damn good one when it comes to it. Did a great job keeping the Wolves in the game, making things exciting, making Carl Anthony Towns better, without a doubt. But the Wolves did not win this game against Portland, unfortunately. They just did not get the job done. Lillard did what he needed to. McCollum did what he needed to. And the Blazers ended up winning this one, unfortunately. Mm. Nobody really stood up for the Portland Trail Blazers, but it was an overall team effort. I mean, they made the shots they needed to down the stretch, and the Wolves just could not finish the job. Could not hang on to the ball when they needed to either. Uh, 14 turnovers isn't the worst ever, but just they seemed to come at the worst place, worst time possible. And that was quite unfortunate, despite the fact the Wolves shot pretty well from the free throw line to go along with things. <laughs> just could not finish the job. They blew a 17-point lead. That's really the story of the game, ultimately. The Wolves were killing the Portland Trail Blazers. And it's like they just fell asleep. Like they just stopped playing. Wiggins just kind of had that, he, he, he's gone from that aggressive assassin look in his eye to back to the sleepy look, and I'm extremely confused by it, and I, I don't know if he's not feeling well or what the deal is, but something something's going on, I, I really hope he can break out of it sooner than later, because that, that assassin in Andrew Wiggins is the kind of player that could be, that can be one of the franchise names of the entire NBA, he could be one of the faces of the league if he keeps playing the way he was before, I really hope he's going to break out of it soon. It, part part of it's youth, part of it's this, part of it's that. Maybe he, again, maybe he's sick a bit. Maybe his back got worse. God only knows, ultimately. So let's wrap up this uh, review segment with just last night, Monday, December the 7th. And again, I apologize for the show being a couple of days late here. 110 to 106, loss to the LA Clippers. Another game, the Wolves were playing very well. They were playing well, and they did not get the job done again. They weren't winning the whole game. In fact, the Clippers led early on, but then ultimately it's that fourth quarter. The Clippers scored almost four to score 39 points in that fourth quarter. Wolves just could not finish the job, despite the fact they were leading for extended periods of time. They even took a three-point lead in with less than a minute left in the game, and they still found a way to lose. It's just unbelievable, and I, and I know it's possible that you're going to lose a game like that. Um, Luke Richard Mamute, not nearly the factor he was last time around, wound up with only one point, but DeAndre Jordan, oh, you son of a... Mm, I hate DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> Jamal Crawford won about 18, beginning some clutch free throws down the stretch. Made all of his free throws. I mean, he only ha- attempted, he only got to the line four times, and he made all of them in that stretch when the Wolves were kind of in a, a free throw battle. Along with J.J. Redick made all 11 of his, mm, despite the fact he shot like poop out there. Made 11 shot, made 11 free throws. To one up with 13 points, which is kind of a funny stat line when you think about that, but... The fact that he made all of them was extremely frustrating. The most frustrating aspect of this whole game, though, has got to be Andrew Wiggins. 3 of 15 from the floor. No energy at all. Either he's got the worst cold ever, or he's got... I, I mean, I, I don't know. Or he's, he's experiencing some type of horrible fatigue, or he's really in a lot of pain. I, I'm not sure what it is, but, I mean, the guy literally looked like a zombie. And I hate saying that because he's, he's easily my favorite player on this team. Even with Rubio and, and Towns on this on this team and Garnett, but well, Garnett uh, historically a, a great player for this franchise. But you get the idea. Uh, Wiggins to me is, is <laughs> he's my favorite Timberwolf, and I think he's the most capable of, of winning a game by himself, or well, nearly winning a game by himself because it's never completely by yourself. You got to set picks, you got to make passes, and other, your teammates have to play good defense along with yourself. So, you get the idea. <laughs> Belitza was good for a while there, but still only one up with nine points. It seemed like he kind of vanished down the stretch. Levine very clutch in the fourth quarter after being quiet early on. Had 12 points in the fourth quarter. One up with 21. Very clutch, but took again, took a couple shots that make you just go, come on, man. Real early in the in the shot clock. About 20 seconds remaining in the shot clock, and he's launching like three-pointers about five feet behind the line. It makes you wonder what he's thinking sometimes. Kevin Martin, well, hmm. Yeah, that's Kevin Martin. He didn't make a shot the whole game. Not one. Just uh, zero points in 14 minutes. I don't know if he's hurt or, or angry or what the deal is. I, I don't know what his trade value is going to be, but I got to think he's going to get traded almost for sure by the trade deadline come February. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Uh, 
Carl Anthony Towns was decent in the game, but nothing special. I mean, he was good earlier than he was later, you can say. Rubio hit some nice shots late in the game, and he made all of his free throws. Really liked Rubio in this game, to be honest, except for the damn turnovers. But, <laughs> yeah, the turnovers were pretty bad. Um, he tried to hit Towns on, on, on one in the stretch, down the stretch, or was it Levine? Pardon me, it was Levine in transition. It was quickly picked off. That was frustrating, kind of knocked away by Mr. Uh, DeAndre Jordan, who just crippled the Wolves all night. Um, Chris Paul also clutch shot down the stretch. Just He just kind of walked into the basket and just kind of hoisted the ball up and then just kind of strutting down the court like he always does. Ugh. Can't stand the guy, but mm, he's still a great player regardless, even though he didn't even have a good game. He, he made the shot that he needed to down the stretch. But for me, easily the player of this game was, was uh, Mr. Uh, DeAndre Jordan. As much as I can't stand him either, I, I hate the, the Clippers. <laughs> oh, but those blocked shots were just painful to watch. Blocking Levine, big time. He blocked uh, Towns. It just wow. Oh no, it wasn't Towns. It was it was Levine. He blocked Dory Zhang. Blocked Levine multiple times in the game. Mm. Real frustrating. Four blocks on the night. Felt like more than that. And he again tipped away two passes. Wound up with six, uh, forcing six turnovers in the game. Did uh, DeAndre Jordan particularly down the stretch? Just killed us. Wolves were not clutch at all. But I will mention real quickly. Before I do forget, Kevin Garnett turned back the clock big time. I one of the best. I mean, I, I, I mean, it's. I thought it, I thought it was ten years ago at least. Maybe he's twenty nine years old playing against uh, the Clippers of, of that time. <laughs> uh, I don't even want to. I'm trying to remember the guy's name now. Why am I forgetting? Ah, uh, I can't remember the guy that the guy that used to he used to wear number 21 on the Clippers and everybody used to think he was he was kind of a wannabe Garnett but never came any close to it Darius Miles there we go Darius Miles on the Clippers I, I thought it was Garnett of that time Rubio driving to the basket unbelievable little kind of a no-look dish to Kevin Garnett who was coming behind him in transition a spectacular dunk on Blake Griffin of all people who likes to kind of rub it in people's faces when when he just giving them a stare down and always always looking for the big dunk but not necessarily a clutch player or anything um but Garnett it, it literally looked like he was in his 20s still yeah, the athleticism is still there at times when it when it when when, when he wants it <laughs> when, when he's able to bring it out and his body allows him just an unbelievable power dunk athleticism all that good stuff and he kind of gave Griffin a stare I don't know if he was yelling at the crowd, like kind of revving up people or what. Towns loved it very much, even though he had that Band-Aid on his cheek. <laughs> Towns was having a great time with Garnett after that play. Uh, really got people going. And again, turned the clock back at least 10 years, if not more. Just absolutely spectacular. I can remember when Terrell Brandon would dish to Garnett when on a, in, in transition, and he'd put up those huge dunks in Target Center years and years ago when I was a season ticket holder. It was a great memory and a great time, and nice to see that, but... Unable to finish again down the stretch. The Clippers forced turnovers, blocked shots, did this, did that, made all their free throws. The Wolves made theirs. They they hung in, but they were consistently behind. The parallel was on. It was just a parallel, a plateau, and there's nothing they could do about it. Damn it. <laughs> and I almost forgot that Wesley Johnson was an LA Clipper, and he was he was alright. He was Wesley Johnson, I guess. It sounds pretty much like Wesley Johnson, though maybe the field goal percentage a little bit higher. Yeah. <laughs> Usually Wesley Johnson was about 3 of 11, in 22 minutes with 10 points, but in this case he was 4 of 6, making half of his 3-pointers 2 of 4. Not bad for Wesley Johnson at all you know, for the Clippers there. So there you go, kind of a long segment because it was 5 games, had to catch up a bit. I figure it's 5, so I might as well try to go into some detail. I couldn't go into all detail though with some of those Orlandos and uh, with the, so some of the, no, not the Orlando game, but the earlier ones there, the first Clipper game. Kind of like a bit of a haze because of the second one. It's a, you know you know how that can be when you're playing the same team and you get kind of mixed up a bit. So do apologize for that. Um, it's just one of those type of things. So let's pass out the Lone Wolf and Johnny Flynn Memorial. Lone Wolf, I guess it's going to go to, you know, it's kind of a tough choice in this one. The lone wolf is going to go to Carl Anthony Towns, kind of narrowly. Uh, he played well when he was out there. I didn't like him in the Orlando game, but other than that, e- even in some of those, even in the shorter stretches, he played ex- exceedingly well out there. Honorable mention to Gorgie Zhang, who was really good all week. In fact, I think he should probably get it. But eh, I'll, I'll give it to well, I'm going to give it to both of them. Carl Anthony Towns, Gorgie Zhang, both going to get the 
Um, they're both going to get the Lone Wolf Award. Andrew Wiggins had a spectacular game in there against the the against the Clippers with that twenty seven point effort or no the, the Magic pardon me twenty seven point game absolutely awesome, but the way he just kind of died out there, I, I I don't understand the Portland and the Clipper game. I think that's enough to give him a Johnny Flynn Memorial. Even though you could also give it to Kevin Martin. He's <laughs> it's going to be two players of this one again, and I know it sounds kind of geeky passing out the award to multiple people, but. Wiggins and Kevin Martin, both going to get the uh, Johnny Flynn Memorial here. Just zero energy. What the hell? Um, Kevin Martin deserves it more because he's an absolutely non-factor. But then again, the expectation is significantly higher on Wiggins. Just, you know, uh, to not even show up against um, Portland and and uh, especially the Clippers last night. Ten times worse. Just a, that, that leaves a really sour taste in my mouth. Especially after we saw Bridgewater and the Vikings do against Seattle this week. Leaves a really sour taste in my mouth. When you have such promising franchise-type players perform at the level they did. I don't know. I really, really don't feel good about it. Hopefully hopefully it's going to change here in a not-too-distant future. Hopefully tomorrow night against those L.A. Lakers. <gasps> yeah, okay, we all know who that is. December 9th, L.A. Lakers come to town. And we'll talk about that in segment number two. So, it's Kobe versus Garnett one more time in the Target Center. But the problem is, the Lakers' win percentage is about as high as Kobe Bryant's field goal percentage. And we are back here on Timberwolves Explosion, segment number two, the preview segment. Got three games to preview, and oh, I'm so sorry, I just couldn't resist what I had to say there in the... The, the Shadow Man theme there. I just I just I just had to do that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Zing right right Vince Germano. <laughs> Vince Germano, Vinrock of the Courtside Podcast with Hank McCoy as the Alpha Dog, the host of the Courtside Podcast. Definitely check it out. They even were kind enough to say Timberwolves Explosion is is Courtside approved, but you know what? Courtside is Timberwolves Explosion approved as well, though I think the honor is more mine than theirs though in that sense. I mean they thank you so very much guys always out of uh, Melbourne, Australia, and, and Sydney, Australia, in, in Hank's case there. So, let's talk about Vince's Lakers. Hmm, yeah, again? <laughs> well, field goal percentage with the Lakers, uh, excuse me, win percentage with the Lakers, uh, pretty close to Andrew Wiggins' field goal percentage the other night against the Clippers. So there's another zing, and yeah, well, it wasn't fun. That one's not quite as funny, I guess. Hmm, well, put it this way, it's a home game for the Timberwolves. They need to win this game. They have to. They're playing against a team with the worst record in the league right now. I don't think they're this bad. I, I really don't. I mean, Roy Hibbert has been a starting center for a playoff caliber team for quite a while in the past of the Indiana Pacers. They got some nice guards. Obviously, Clarkson, um, well, D'Angelo Russell, he's, he's still kind of slow to develop. Lou Williams, valuable. Julius Randle's kind of a tough guy, and he's pretty good. Brendan Bass even backing him up. Come on, why are the Lakers uh, sucking so much? I, I'm... I don't know, other than I guess Kobe's shooting the ball too much. It's kind of watching the wizard syndrome right there in uh, Lakerland. It's it's a shame, and, and this happens very often in the NBA. It just kind of is what it is, unfortunately. It kind of happens very often in professional sports. This is basically like Brett Favre in 2010 with the Vikings, you could say. It's just it's just not going not going the same as it was in the past. The Wolves barely beat the Lakers back in the season opener October 28th. That was kind of sad. At least we won the game just narrowly. Towns had a very nice debut. Wiggins was really nothing to brag about at the time, to be quite honest. It was nice to get a victory, though, in Staples Center. I almost called it Great Western Forum. I don't know what's going on. Like I'm really, really living in the past year, aren't I? <laughs> um, but I do think the Timberwolves will win this game. I think they need to. I think the they've had way too many close game losses, too many blown leads. And obviously, don't get comfortable if the Wolves even lead by 20 in this one because it's just like one of those deals. The Wolves were leading by quite a bit against L.A. last time around, and they blew it. <laughs> Yet they barely were able to finish that thing off, thank God. Um, so ultimately, it's going to be a situation where the Wolves are just a little bit better, finally, you know, and, and win a home game. It's like our, our home record is just absolutely pathetic, and it's time to... Time to get something going in the right direction, so you might as well start against one of the one of the weaker teams in basketball right now. Uh, Denver Nuggets, then. Now, this is obviously Wednesday, December the 9th, so basically coming right up here with the, the Laker game. Hopefully the show's out in time for some of you out there. It should be out on Double Twist, even, which sometimes takes slightly longer 
to go from iTunes to Double Twist, and then obviously Stitcher as well. It's kind of like a little tree I'm forming. Yeah, a little family tree here with these with these podcasts, including especially this one, damn it. Friday, December the 11th, the Minnesota Timberwolves head to the Rocky Mountains to play the Denver Nuggets, a team that I'm not a big fan of, but then again, <laughs> it's because they drive me nuts. But at the same time, the Wolves have had some success against them of late. That's the good news. This week is a chance for the Wolves to build them a little bit of a win streak. Maybe hopefully get closer back to 500 because they're 8-12 and right now after the Clipper game. Hopefully 9-12 and after the Laker game. Uh, last time the Minnesota went to Denver, they won 95-78. That was way back at the season opener. So it's basically like a replay of the season opener the next two games. It's kind of funny, other than the Lakers being here in Minneapolis. That's the good part, I guess. <laughs> but then again, good part for Denver. Um, they're 8-14 and 14 on the year, still struggling, not having a whole lot of fun right now. Um, I should give a final score for the Laker game, though, by the way. I'm going to go with 100-90. to 90. Wolves should win by 10, by 10 at least. They should have a comfortable victory there. And if they don't, it's a crying shame, honest to God, if they really don't. Uh, Wilson Chandler's been out with right hip surgery ever since. That's definitely not helpful at all. Um, their starting center of the future has been out with a bruised knee for quite a while. Uh, Harris, the former uh, Michigan State uh, Michigan State Spartan, has been out for a while with a concussion. Uh, actually, that wasn't too long ago. About two weeks ago. That's unfortunate. Um so we'll see what happens. We'll get a little uh, revisit from Randy Foy. He's he's kind of been all over the league. I kind of lost track of where he's been going anymore. He's been on the Clippers. He's been on the Jazz. He's been on the Nuggets. He's been on uh, the Washington Wizards, Washington whatever they are. No, the Wizards. Uh, he's been all over the place. Danilo Gallinari seems like he's always hurt, but he's healthy now. That's good for them. Kenneth Faree's been a thorn in the side for the Minnesota Timberwolves for many years. Uh, Moody is one of the better rookies out there right now, and they do have Jameer Nelson as well. They have a nice guard tandem, and it seems like Denver's guards are always good. Moody is having a solid season, though, 11.6 assists on the year. Certainly playing better than uh, D'Angelo Russell as of right now, but, well, the Lakers are probably the worst coach team in the league right now, other than maybe us, according to some people. Some of us are getting pretty frustrated with Sam Mitchell as well. <laughs> just a couple of us, just a couple. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Moody I was, was pretty good in his season opener against the Timberwolves, or was it the second game of the season, ultimately. Strong performance for him, but the Wolves were just too much overall. Dominated that game. It was a lot of fun. Carl Anthony Towns had a double-double. was just fantastic in that game. Hard to forget that one. Just, I mean, smothering defense. A lot of us were getting excited about the Wolves' uh, change in, the, in their defense approach. And it has been significantly better, but there have been lapses here and there. This one might be a tough one. Um, the Wolves' history in Mile High is checkered. It's uh, The Wolves have had some, some fun success there, but they've also gotten blown out at times. I think the Wolves can win this game, though, without a doubt. I don't, I don't think there's any doubt. It's more a matter of keep Kenneth Reed off the boards a bit. I think uh, when you have Garnett and Towns, that should help. Obviously, <laughs> last year you had Thaddeus Young and Pekovic. It just wasn't the same. Um, Gorgie Zhang would play a little, would, would play a little bit. It seemed like he wasn't getting a whole lot of playing time at the time. And, and uh, Pekovic is a physical defender, but not athletic at all. And it seemed like Fareed would just dominate him that way, along with uh, Nurkic and such. And uh, Mozgov, who is now on the Cleveland Cavaliers, he was with the Nuggets last year, and of course was just double-doubling up the Wolves the whole time he was there until he went to Cleveland. Um, ultimately, the Wolves should win this game. I, I think the matchup is significantly better than it was a year ago for the Wolves. Again, when you have like power forwards that can rebound, power forwards and centers that can rebound, and Gorgie Zhang is playing extremely well. Uh, very versatile situation on the inside. Uh, so I do think that will uh, neutralize Kenneth Fareed a bit. Rubio... Versus Moody, I think the Wolves will be just fine. Shooting guard, obviously. <laughs> well, Kevin Martin, I don't know about that, but the Foy, Foy at least is shorter than Kevin Martin, so that helps a little bit, I suppose, but uh, I don't know. Uh, ultimately, it, it's going to be a fun matchup. I think Gallinari and uh, Wiggins, hopefully Wiggins steps up a bit. They'll have a nice uh, kind of a scoring fest against each other a bit. Wiggins could really use that. He could really use them. Um, could really use a boost in his offense a bit. He's been struggling uh, the past couple of games. But I do think, uh, ultimately, Towns is probably going to be the best player in this game. But there's a chance that Wiggins will emerge as well, though. Because I think that I think he can score against the Denver Nuggets. He'll, he, he better do better than he did last time around. He scored six points in that game. So then we'll wrap up the preview. So against this one, against, a, again, teams that the Wolves can beat, but there's always that funny success rate. Phoenix, Arizona, they're 9-13. and 13. They actually have one one more loss than the Wolves, basically, on the season. 
Uh, again, a game the Wolves can win, and I think they can be better than the Phoenix Suns, but obviously their guard situation is kind of scary. They might end up racking up a ton of points on you, but at the same time, they'll probably give up a lot. Alex Len was uh, tough against the Wolves last year. Had some had some big blocks late in the game. Could drive drive us absolutely crazy. I remember him blocking a shot on Wiggins last year. Just I couldn't believe it. I was so so frustrated, and I believe also in Gorgie at key at key moments late in the game. Couldn't believe it. And again, the Wolves' success rate against Phoenix is kind of funny. It's kind of checkered. It's different than Denver, though, because it seems like in both cases, whoever wins, they kick the other team's butt when it comes to Denver and Minnesota. Most of the time, Phoenix, it's always like nail-biter, bounce of the ball, backcourt violation, that kind of crazy stuff. Um, wild three-pointer, like whatever it is. Bad calls, stuff like that. Um, clutch layups, you know, clutch layups. Yeah, that's basically what it was, though. A nice play by Rubio over to Wiggins last year. Kind of a give-and-go type of play. Um, it was it was nice, but again, you know, a very close game type of situation. I, I think it's going to be, a, this one will be very entertaining, I would hope. Uh, a lot of Phoenix's three-point threats aren't quite there. It's like, like they used to be. One of the Morris twins is obviously gone now to Detroit, so that's good news, I guess, <laughs> because it seemed like they'd always torch us for whatever reason, even though they're not the best. Again, the scariest players here are obviously Eric Bledsoe and Brandon Knight. I think both of them are far and away the best players on the Phoenix Suns right now. Um, ultimately, the hope for the Wolves here again, Wiggins steps up, plays very well. I think Towns will probably not play quite as well against this team. I mean, Alex Len is not the best player in the world, but his his defense is pretty good at times. He can he can surprise you basically. He's one of those type of guys. This is obviously or this is a Sunday afternoon type of game. So, right after, uh, well, no, it's not after the Vikings play. They play on Thursday, but you get the idea. It would have been after. So Minnesota going to Phoenix in both cases, <laughs> basically, or Arizona in both cases. Uh, you hope the. This is one of those you hope the Wolves can win the game. It's I'm, I'm going to pick a win in this one. I think the Wolves will start a miniature little win streak here. We'll actually win three games in a row. How, how about that? I mean, I, I'm not trying to be a Kool-Aid drinker in any way, shape, or form. I just think this is going to be a positive week. These are winnable games. They probably won't win all three, but I'm going to go with it for now. So at least when they do win, it'll be a safe pick, I suppose, because these are all winnable games. That, that's the whole point. Winnable games. Why not just take care of business and win a couple here? Um... I think Wiggins will be more likely the guy that steps up in this one. I think Minnesota will win this one by a final score. Uh, and of course, there's no sample size during this season, but last year was kind of <laughs> last year was what it was. I've already rehashed it too much, uh, so I'm going to ultimately go with a. Hmm, it's going to be a it's going to be a higher scoring tilt. I think we're going to go with like something about 108 to 103. It's going to be something like that. A couple free throws at the end of the game, but a fun game. I think Wiggins is going to step up again this week against Denver and ultimately against the uh, Phoenix Suns. I think he'll step up more likely against them than against Denver. He's had some serious success against the the Suns in about about three out of four games or so last year. He did really, really well in all of those. I could see the same thing happening because it's pretty much the same team. And Wiggins is due to kind of step back up and get back in the fray again. So hopefully he'll get over whatever's whatever's ailing him right now, if it's physical or or a, a mental lapse or whatever it is. I'm not sure what it is. So hoping for the best there. Minnesota will win 108 to 105, 103. Pardon me, in a close type of game for the Denver game. I don't even think I brought it up, which is stupid. So that one is going to be 99 to 99 to 85. I think the Wolves will have a really nice one there. I think it'll be one of the surprising ones. You'll see a early lead. The Wolves will hang on to it most of the way. Denver will do its usual little runs, and the crowd will be loud and obnoxious, but the Wolves will finish the job. So there you go. There it is. Let's come back for some fan interaction right after this. back here on Timberwolves Explosion, segment number three, fan interaction segment. Time to hear from you out there. And also time for shout-outs and such here and there as well. Um, well, we're going to start off with the Facebook page, but before that, I'm going to give a quick shout-out again to the, the Wolves Nation NBA Talk page. Very nice page out there. I, they're kind enough to let me post on there, post that Timberwolves Explosion is out, so hopefully some people catch on and listen to the show. It would be very much appreciated. 
Uh, really appreciate Ryan Newman and such. Lots of interesting conversation on there, back and forth. Also want to give a shout out to Marlena Miles, who makes some awesome paintings. Just some awesome, awesome paintings. And she just recently uh, checked out the show for the first time. So really likes uh, really likes the show, apparently. Really, really appreciate that. And her paintings are unbelievable. And you'll you'll see posts of those on uh, the Ryan Newman uh Wolves, uh, Wolves Nation NBA talk. She posts them all the time on there. Do check them out. Some, sometimes she probably sells them or something. So, <laughs> very cool stuff. Um, so ultimately, let's get to that Facebook page. Get into that search bar on Facebook. Type in Minnesota Timberwolves or Timberwolves Explosion Minnesota Timberwolves show. I'm going crazy today. I apologize. I don't know what's going on. If it's too much coffee or what the hell. So apologize for the craziness here. Uh, so, well, Ultimately, there was a really awesome article from one of the one of the posters on that page. Uh, I brought it over to Timberwolves, the Timberwolves Explosion page. It's ultimately Andrew Wiggins is quietly emerging as the superstar many gave up on him becoming. And, um, yep, it's from uprocks.com. That's U-P-R-O-X-X dot com. An awesome article. I highly recommend it. It's just funny and pisses me off how... <laughs> Murphy's Law, man. Murphy's Law. Right right about when this article comes out, he starts sucking. What the hell is going on here? I don't know if it's the pressure's on or or God knows. He, he, he probably doesn't even know about the article or maybe he sort of does. I don't know. But come on, Wiggins. Be the guy that this article's mentioning because I think that is who you are. So do, do continue your emergence. And of course, I posted up there, told you so for the longest time on this show, everyone. And yes, I did. Yes, I did tell you so. Who, who do you think I've been endorsing pretty much from <laughs> as the Timberwolves franchise player? It's Andrew Wiggins. Since about, uh, since about December last year, you could totally see it coming. Late December last year, early January. Um, ultimately, again, I also posted up that uh, amazing dunk Kevin Garnett on and Blake Griffin. So if you haven't seen it yet, you don't even have to look it up on YouTube because it's posted right here on Timberwolves Explosion. It'll, well, take you to the YouTube. <laughs> so same difference, I suppose. Just an unbelievable play that literally looks like it was back when I was a season ticket holder when Garnett was in his mid to upper 20s. Just awesome. And even his early 20s, actually. That's how far back I went as a ticket holder back in the day. Unfortunately, schedule changes, job changes, this, that, financial, this, and all that good stuff. You know, you get the idea. Read between the lines there. So let's get to some visitor posts, if humanly possible. There's probably a good number of them here. Um, since the last show, oh, wow, really, thank you for this, Hank McCoy. He shared the most recent show. He said, for those looking to expand their Timberwolves knowledge, our good friend Joey can help you with the one, <laughs> can, can help you with it. The one, the only, Timberwolves Explosion. So thank you very much. He's put courtside approved. Oh, man, I love you, Hank. Thank you very much. Hank McCoy out of Sydney, Australia. All right, let's slide up a bit here. Tanae Brown out of New Zealand says, um, what was that last play the Wolves ran? And that was against the uh, Orlando Magic, I do believe. That was, yeah, it was pitiful. <sighs> Basically, it wasn't really a play at all. I, it looked like there was no, looked like, Looked like there was no organization, no semblance whatsoever. And unfortunately, we've seen it happen several times with this team. It seemed like during the, the flip age, the, the Sam age, the Kurt Ramis age, it doesn't even matter what age it is. It seems like it's the, it's the same bug that's been torturing this team forever, to be quite honest. And I don't know how to explain it. I don't know what's going on ultimately with that. Hank posts this saying, Well, Joey, we just launched a monthly newsletter at the Courtside Podcast. So if any TE fans are interested in receiving it, they can simply put their email address in the comment section below or leave me a message on the courtside page and I'll send it out. I'm sure there is something there for everyone and absolutely, absolutely, I didn't even click like on that and I do apologize, Hank. I'm definitely not blowing you off at all, so I apologize for that. It's like I get lost in there sometimes because the way pages are organized now, it seems like it, it only, sh it's annoying how Facebook is where it, it like, on, on the front it'll only show sometimes where you like the the show like the main topic of the uh of, of the page posts and then the visitor ones are like in a different section that's kind of annoying i i mean i i know it's like that but it's just it is what it is so do sign up for that courtside uh, page i highly recommend it i'm signed up and i've been signed up and i received it in email not that long ago so he'll keep them coming as long as he doesn't talk about Steph Curry the whole time, right? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Hank says, tough loss for the Wolves today against Orlando. Yep, but on a positive, it's time Andrew Wiggins becomes a top 10 scorer in the league. There's no reason he can't be. The offense needs to run through him. Why can't Wiggins take the Kobe crown? It's time. 
yeah, how, how could I not agree with that? I, I do agree with that, and that's what I'm hoping and praying does happen. I think Wiggins absolutely can be that guy. I think he can. He just needs to shake whatever's ailing him right now. Uh, it seems to pop up every now and then, and I'm, everybody goes through struggles. I mean, Kobe, in his early days, went through struggles. Of, of course he did, and of course, and, and also he had the huge problem with him and Shaq, but that's a whole other story. I don't think that's going to happen here with him and Towns. I just don't see the the personality clash between the two, but I guess you never really do know. But God, you know, God willing, things will continue in a positive direction for both of them. Tanae Brown saying, "What kind of talk is there about Belita in Minis- in in Mini Joey? Do people like him? Is there much said about him? He's a really good player. He does a lot of good things when he's on the court." Also, what have you thought of Levine's point guard play of late? He's been okay, not great or anything, but serviceable. Tidied up on the turnovers, but yep, yeah, yes, he has. But still has those moments where his decision making is awful. Like everyone else, I still want him starting at the two. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll start with the Levine thing first and get back to Belita. Yeah, that that pretty much sums up things with uh, Levine right now. The turnovers have gone down, but he doesn't really look like a point guard out there. He really doesn't. He doesn't have that court presence like say an Andre Miller does or a Ricky Rubio does. He he's a shooting guard. Being playing like a converted point guard, a lot like years ago when the Toronto Raptors had Doug Christie playing as a converted point guard. It's just it's not the same. You might make some nice passes here and there, but plenty of shooting guards can do basically what Levine is expected to do as a point guard. It's common. I mean, plenty of shooting guards can average five, six assists a game. It's not that rare. I mean, Kobe did for the longest time, and we all know about Kobe not passing the ball. So you get the idea there. I think Levine very much has that stores mentality. I, I think he's a He's the type of guy who can be very clutch in the fourth quarter and, of course, make big plays in transition, including making nice passes, but also finishing in the transition as well. Really like what Levine does bring in that sense of the game. And to me, that spells shooting guard 120%. Though, apparently, Sam Mitchell, Sam Kurt Marambis Mitchell, basically, <laughs> has a has a thought process with Levine right now. He's putting him at point guard for the purpose of improving Levine's ball handling skills. It's kind of like... It's literally like making him become more of a playmaker, more of a ball handler, so then he's a better shooting guard later. I I guess that's his logic. It's not the worst thing I've ever heard in the world, but it is kind of weird. A a little bit. A little bit. (laughs) Uh, Back to Belitza, though, before I rudely forget. I do like him a lot. He's... uh, He's the kind of guy who can take away the passing lane. He can hit some threes. He's he's capable of getting cold, though, from, from the outside, but so is everybody. I mean, uh, he, he's a little bit streaky, but again, so are most shooters out there. Really do like what he brings. I can see him becoming a 10, you know, I, I can see him ma- mainly as a 10 points a game off the bench, spark plug, uh, sharpshooter, basically. And that, that added defense and occasional athleticism is a really nice uh, frosting on the cake, though, for... Uh, Mr. Belita. I, I'm a huge fan, and I think he has a long future in the NBA as a minimum, as, as at least a rotation player. Really do like him a lot tonight. Back to Hank McCoy. He says, uh, super frustrating. <laughs> What's with Minnesota leading with big leads over Portland this season, only to lose it in the fourth? Because, yeah, that's twice. Yep, he says that's twice now. On the positive, Cat had himself a nice outing. Yep, and um, very much, and the blown leads are just... I, I can't explain them other than it's like they get comfortable, I, I guess. Maybe it's their youth. They think, wow, we're really, we're winning now. We're kicking butt. And then next thing you know, veterans on, like semi-veterans, you could say, on Portland, like Lillard, he's kind of a veteran. He's still pretty young. They get mad, basically. They start they start their little surge, which always, always comes in the NBA. There's always going to be a surge, regardless how far a team is down. You're going to get a 10-3 to run. You're going to get a 10-0 run. But then, when a 10-0 run turns into like 17-3 to or 21-5, or to you're screwed, man. You could blow an entire game like that. So you got to wake up. you got to respond uh, <laughs> to their increased intensity. And unfortunately, the Wolves didn't do that the, the, those couple games there. So that's a huge frustration, ultimately. Yes, Cat did get better, but then there's that blankety-blank seesaw effect. <laughs> pardon my near French. No, you get the idea. Pardon my French. There was there was no French there. Uh, you get that damn seesaw effect ultimately with with Cat and, and Wiggins right now, where one guy's playing well and the other starts sucking. Ah, oh, that needs to stop. Early in the, I mean, there there was a time for a while there when the Wolves were playing extremely well, when both of them, when uh, both Cat and Wiggins were playing 
well. Like, Cat was getting double-doubles, like 20-10 type games. He was getting 15-10, 16-12, stuff like that. Three blocks. And then Wiggins is like 27, 25, 24, 28, whatever it is. Even 30, 30-ish at times. That's when the Wolves are just on their way to becoming something pretty fun in this league. Uh, possible playoff talk at some point with, with, with that type of deal. And I'm well beyond that if they continue to progress in that direction. That's the positive side. I do think that that is going to be the future for the Wolves, is both Cat and Wiggins being playing like all-stars out there. At least one of them being a first-team NBA player, if not the other, in the next uh, in the next three to five years, I think, and then beyond, hopefully, with long-term contracts that, that don't cripple the franchise. Damn it. <laughs> but then again... Yeah, those those won't hopefully hopefully won't be as common as they were in the past. Because I remember Garnett's contract, it was like this. There's nobody else you can sign. It was so frustrating. And then not only that, but it was the other players that they signed around Garnett that just buried the team under a heap of salary cap BS. Danae Brown says this has been a frustrating week since the last show. Yeah, that's for damn sure. I mean, yeah, I mean Hank summed it up. You summed it up right there, Danae. So I probably shouldn't rehash it again. He says, others have been stepping up. It worries me that he steps back when others play well. I was saying, Wiggins has been absolutely terrible. Yeah, it's it's true. I, I don't know what the deal is. Exactly right there, though. The seesaw effect. And hey, you hit the nail on the head. The seesaw effect. That sounds like the title of this episode, doesn't it? <laughs> the seesaw effect. There it is. Yeah. Uh, Vince says, because I was like still, I was still not, not, uh, I, I still hadn't fully decided on what to name this episode. Vince says, this is where it'd be good to have a Kobe Bryant or a Paul Pierce playing with Wiggins for a year. I take some comfort in the fact Kobe is teaching Russell and Randall with that says, with that said, there you go. <laughs> it's okay though. I mean, it's, it's cell phones, man. Uh, with that said though, Wiggins will get to the stage of where he takes over at the Kobe level. Very good. Very, very good. Very good. Yes. Very good indeed. Um, I guess some people thought of, uh, Mr. Mr. Kevin Martin is kind of that type of guy, the Paul Pierce, Kobe, Kobe. Yeah, right. But you get the idea. The Paul Pierce type of guy to work with Wiggins, I guess. Um, Garnett, I guess, is that guy, but I, but I suppose he's more of that for Towns. Uh, it's a mess. It's kind of a mess. Uh, it's kind of like that, though. I guess Kevin Martin for Wiggins and uh, and uh, Garnett for Towns, though. Again, <laughs> Kevin Martin's nothing like Wiggins. Completely different type of guy. So I don't know. It just it just kind of is what it is. I suppose you can you can have who you can have. I suppose. Um, See, how are you saying? Yeah, but I, I do agree that Kobe can help uh, Russell and Randall, yes. And again, Showtime and T-Wolves, they'll be talking about all of that on that show as well. Uh, Kobe does like teaching the young guys, and that's why he wants to go to the uh, 2016 Summer Olympics, which I don't think anybody would uh, I don't think anybody would object to that. Like, why not? One last hurrah, kind of like how Magic Johnson came for the All-Star Game in 92 and the Olympics in 92, despite the fact he was no longer on what team was at the LA Lakers. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, Showtime and T Wolves. Um, we we'll get that out one of these one of these days, one of these years. <laughs> it's a it's a schedule thing. Uh, Vince says this is where. Oh yeah, that's the same one right there. Uh, Tanae Brown says KG has done wonders with most of the team, but Wiggins doesn't seem to be responding. Uh, Vince saying I agree. I like what KG is doing, but he was never the takeover guy in my opinion, and I agree as well. Gar- Garnett was never a takeover guy. Uh, Kevin Martin can be at times, or ha- has been at times here and there, but he's the kind of guy who shoots too much, and he can shoot you out of a game as well. So not not, but then again, I guess Kobe's been doing that with the Lakers most of this year, unfortunately. But all due respect, I know he's got five rings. I know he's one of the at minimum ten best players in NBA history. So yeah, that's uh, not trying to zing you too much there, but it's even though I probably did already during the previous uh, interval there. Um, Let's see, I was saying how Garnett was never the go-to guy ever. I'm praying to God that Wiggins will break out of his slump and that go-to guy and be that go-to guy again. It was just a couple weeks ago. Don't know what's going on. And that's pretty much what sums that up. That's the end of the Facebook page. Amazing posts, guys. Really appreciate you. Uh, Keep posting them. They make this show so much better. Thank you very much. So off to to, uh, the Timberwolves Explosion Twitter account, which is at Wolves Explosion. It looks like it's mostly retweets, but thank you very much, guys, because I, I haven't been active on Twitter, and I, I apologize. Uh, Tanae Brown retweeting both, retweeting and favoriting, or liking now, just to add to the confusion on Twitter. I don't know what's going on there, but uh, he uh, retweeted and liked both of them. Thank you very much, Mr. Uh, Tanae Brown and Vince also retweeting. I want to thank you guys very much for that. And... 
I was saying, somebody said Levine makes it look so easy. I think that was me, actually. And then uh, Janelle Erickson retweeted that and other people have followed. So thank you for those of you that did follow. If you are, if you are listening and you're not just uh, random guys. Well, Aussie T-Wolf, that's a real one right there. There we go. Cool. Hope, hope, hope you're a listener and you like the show. And I want to thank you guys very much for your inclusion with this one. I want to thank you very much for your listenership. I encourage you to please tell a friend. If you haven't yet, tell a friend or two or, or, or so about the show. Rate Tim Rose Explosion on iTunes or Stitcher or I don't know if there's a rating system on Double Twist or not, but if there is, well, okay, that would be helpful too. Um, this, term, this show has always been available on Double Twist. I shouted out to it many times in the past and I hadn't been lately. So it's kind of like a matter of, it's an application if you don't have iTunes because you have an Android phone. Well, Double Twist mirrors iTunes perfectly. You just click on it, or yeah, you download the app, which is free, and then there's the, the little like menu section on the upper left side. You you uh, touch that, you touch it, yep. and then and then there's a section that says podcast. Go there and then search Minnesota Timberwolves or Timberwolves Explosion. You could yeah, Minnesota Timberwolves T E Timberwolves Explosion will be right at the top. Then there you go. You can either subscribe to it or um, just download them individually here and there whenever you want and rock and roll. It's always good as long as there's a Wi-Fi setting. Then you can download it without using up your data if you're worried about that part. So, But usually the show isn't super long. I try to keep it to an hour. Hour 15 is kind of like the red zone, the, the maximum. Like, please don't go over that unless it's like a season preview or something. Or or State of the Timberwolves, uh, you know, which is in the summertime usually. right, But either right after or right before the NBA draft. Stuff like that. And after the finals, of course. So, there you go. I want to thank you all. God bless you for listening to the show, your listenership, your support. And uh, that's about it. Pretty much uh, wrap things up there. There's also a call-in line, though. Uh, it's 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling into Timberwolves Explosion. And opine. Keep it to about a minute or so. Nothing wrong with it if it gets to two. I prefer one minute, but if it gets to two and it's a lot of awesome information, I can't get mad at you. I, I, I just can't. And that's happened on Purple Mafia as well, my, my Minnesota Vikings show. So <laughs> always welcome to call in. Would appreciate that. And again, thank you all for your listenership. And good morning, good afternoon, and good night. <laughs>